Welcome to episode 150 of the Grip Strip Podcast, and welcome to season four as well. Happy New Year. Happy uh, 2023 to you all, all the listeners and supporters of the GSP. My name is Philip Matthew. I'm your host, and I'm with my co-host. Of course, we got to do this. It is 2023, but we still have the same open for our our great man. Uh, I don't, uh, the race doesn't exist anymore on iRacing, but He's a computer genius, an iRacing Indy 500 champion, a gentleman and a scholar, Jacksonville Jaguar super fan, Josh Fine. Happy New Year, brother. Yeah, Happy New Year to you, Phil. Um, glad to be back for 2023 and you know, start season four. So, you know, ready to get into it. And of course, you know, we still got one week left or so in change of the regular season in NFL um, and Jacksonville Jaguars, of course, eight and eight, uh, which I did not think would happen, but, you know, at the same time uh, here for it and everything. And, you know, I actually did bet on the Jaguars at the beginning of the season that they would make the playoffs or get eight wins, which that was the hedge. So I guess I'm kind of right there. So uh, we're going to find out here on Saturday when they play Tennessee Titans and uh, the AFC South championship games. So, uh yeah back for 2023 and you know uh, looking forward next couple of months you know we got a lot of racing in the next couple of months you know rolex the jacksonville uh, jaguars are the January, which they're at, so, trending uh, up along with some other teams and, we'll uh, definitely you know, discuss that for, here uh, to jaguars start the show in regards to the football to the NFL playoffs, uh, which is what we'll open where we with end up, uh, on this uh milestone <laughs> episode 150 to start the year um, there's a lot of uh, sad and somber news that we're going to open with, though. Um, Damar Hamlin's uh, you know, heart attack on the field and uh, the reaper, everything that has come of it since we have to go over. Um, it seems like from different entities that he is starting to um, come around and take a take a turn for the better. I'm pretty sure it's going to be a while, but um, our prayers are with Damar Hamlin and his family and for, you know, the organizations and everybody that are that is involved in intricately with uh, Damar and his family and the Bills, Bengals, etc. It's just a crazy thing to see. It's a horrible uh, it, I mean, there's people, uh, social media, it reminds us like for us, Josh, a way that, you know, with certain racing incidents over our lifetime that we've seen, um, severe racing incidents and not knowing what's going on and the silence and the, the fear and all these things like it, it's just, it brings things back into perspective for sure. And another thing that brings perspective is, uh, the loss of Ken block, um, the man uh, who created DC Shoes, the man whose Jim Conna videos are are known worldwide, uh, so popular that there were people questioning. I was reading a story about him on Motorsport.com, possibly going and testing a Formula One car way back when, and they were questioning his validity of being able to get a credential like a VIP pass at the Canadian Grand Prix and they go and bring him. He gets the VIP pass and more people are freaking out about Ken Block. And this is going back 14, 15 years ago um, than the drivers of the day. He, he, uh, Ken Block was worldwide. Um, when you're able to make all the connections and business connections he made over time. And he's just a racer true th- through and through, uh, you know, we, we, um, 
give our condolences to his wife and his children. I know his daughter, Leah, um, had a heartfelt uh, message um, she wrote for her dad. And I think um, she's going to eventually carry that torch and be that new, um, be that light for, for her dad and carry on that tradition because um, she seems to have that, that uh, um, I guess that it factor or whatever you want to call it. She, she has the um, itch to want to do it. So um, we lost Ken block a couple days ago. There's been other things going on. I mean, it's just been a weird to think it's the fourth, the fourth day of the year and all this crazy stuff has happened. Uh, something, but we'll, uh, after we go over NFL, talk about Ken Block, we'll do the recaps. We've been doing that here the last few episodes. We'll talk about Xfinity and trucks in this episode. In the next couple of weeks, we'll go over a couple other series, probably do IMSA prior to the Rolex 24 and do it as a combined show there. We'll get into Roundup, talk about the Dakar rally uh, that started a few days ago, give updates on news and uh, IMSA, NASCAR, Formula E, that's going to be starting here next week. Uh, Formula One, IndyCar, uh, et cetera, et cetera. Josh will do the first his first sim segment for 2023, and we'll close the deal. So, yeah, Damar Hamlin's uh, um, heart attack on the field after making a tackle uh, on uh, T. Higgins of the Cincinnati Bengals in the first quarter of Monday Night Football in Cincinnati, Cincinnati and Buffalo, Cincinnati was up seven to three, I believe, at that point. Uh, Joe Burrow had already driven down the field once and scored. Uh, the Bills came back the other way, but was only able to get a field goal. And then on the ensuing possession, um, this is that the incident occurred. Uh, and uh, ever since then, it's been like a blur in the NFL. And um, I don't know if you saw it, Josh. I didn't see it live, but it's pretty jarring to see. It's scary. I mean, I was talking about it with my buddy uh, on Monday. He was because he remembers he had a close like a family member have a similar thing happen um, while they were just playing pickup basketball. And then we're going over people that have had this uh, a similar kind of situation. Think about Reggie Lewis. Uh, for the Boston Celtics, he had this happen. He had a he had a heart, I think, a heart attack or or some. I I I can't remember exactly off the top, but he ended up basically dying on the floor of the Boston Garden. And I mean, it, there's other, there's been other things. Like I think think Bo Kimball or not Bo Kimball. Uh, uh, there's his teammate. I have to go look it up. But there's been other instances over time. In the history of the NFL, there's only been one player that passed away on the football field itself. It was in 1971, uh, Detroit Lions player. Um, Kevin Harlan brought it up even uh, on the radio telecast. So, um, I mean, it's it's scary to look at uh, the great uh, EMS and the teams and everybody who got together to get the treatment. His mom was there, which is, can you? I can't imagine... Um, seeing your your son is 24 years old and you see that happen. Uh, his family was there, all came around and got there to support him. I mean, at the outpouring of support for Demar Hamlin and his charities and all that is great, but you know it's a life 
even though the NFL doesn't care about the players, uh, really, um, it's the human element and, uh, seeing the good that, that is in this league and a lot of people who have been affected by this, um, unfortunate, untimely, uh, instance here on Monday night football, Josh, uh, what were you thinking? And, you know, it's been, it's been a weird time these last few days for sure. Um, in regards to the NFL. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't watching it live either. Um, I was just scrolling through Twitter or actually I was scrolling through something on, on a discord server. I'm in and people were start talking about like, uh, something that happened to an NFL player. And it's like, wait, what happened? And I will go on Twitter and look, and they're talking about, Oh, a uh, tragedy. And cause like, you know, things are scrambled and everything on, on the timeline, trying to figure out and, you know, find out that, um, he collapsed on the field and, um, uh, they had tried to administer, uh, CPR and, uh, AED on the field. And so, you know, immediately, uh, you know, you think, okay, well, something, you know, cardiovascular happened and, um, you know, collapse on the field and everything and you know just a really uh weird time trying to uh figure out what's going on and you know trying to you know talk to other friends that might be watching the game or whatever or in the know and you know discuss what happened and yeah just um trying to wait trying to figure out what they're gonna do and um you know it took took like an hour for the nfl to um you know uh announce that the game had been postponed permanently uh for now but then you know also you know he uh they they had said that his mom had been into the ambulance with him or they picked her up or you know on the way to the hospital so um you know there is a, a lot of a lot of things happening and you know you just had to kind of sit back and you know just um hope and pray and everything you know that this player would be all right and you know you know for Demar Hamlin that he'd uh pull through and everything and you know so far he's in critical condition and everything and just um you know continue to hope and pray for best news uh, that he recovers and um, still, you know, in critical condition right now. So, um, you know, it's improving, but, you know, there's a, a you know long way to go, um, you know, from type of injury like this. But, um, you know, the type of injury, I think probably like what I've seen from people talking online is, I guess, uh, I'm pulling up here, uh, Comito Cordis, I guess, or Comito Comitio cordis or something like that, which basically is like a strong impact to the chest, causing the heart to stop and get cardiac arrest, uh, which I guess like, you know, you don't really see that in football, right? Because, you know, people make tackles all the time. They're okay and everything. Um, but I guess, you know, the right set of circumstances happened here in this case and, um, you know, had cardiac arrest and, uh, you know, this uh, pretty pretty significant because like you know you never see that and i think really the only sport you might see that in is baseball right you know pitcher or somebody or you know ball player taking impact to the chest uh from uh you know 90 mile an hour fastball or um you know from a uh hit or you know base hit that comes back to the pitcher uh another fielder or something like that so um or you know that's like the only issue or instance where you might think of something like that happening and maybe other sports too but yeah a player collapsing on the field um you know doesn't happen you know the fact even not like you mentioned earlier in basketball and other sports it's even rare and you know, we have a unique perspective being that in motorsports we've seen things uh happen where crash you know takes place and driver doesn't get out and you you know become uh, concern, you know, with the uh, type of injuries that could have happened or, you know, a potential fatality happened. You know, we've seen uh, a lot of things in motorsports, you know, death of Dale Earnhardt, you know, Justin Wilson, 
um, Ayrton Senna, all these drivers who were, um, you know, in motorsports and passed away, or even people that survived, like, um, you know, Ryan Newman, which I, I saw in 2020, you know, with uh, his crash at the Daytona 500 and um, other drivers that, um, you know, you're just waiting and waiting for him to uh, get out or the, for the rescue workers to pull him out, you know, from the car and take him to the hospital or whatever. So um, just a, you know, situation where you know you can only hope for the best and you know, hope and pray that the uh, person is okay and that you know they'll pull through so um you know they're continuing to uh, monitor the situation of course and um of course the game got postponed and kind of leaves the balance in the air for the playoffs you know i mean we have to we have to talk about that and everything it you know um in the moment you know you don't want to talk about it but um you know after it happened i mean of course people like skip Bay- skip bayless got dragged on twitter and you know rightfully so and you know, we don't have to talk about that here anymore i mean it's already been said and done so i don't really feel any need to discuss that but um you know the fact the matter is you know playoffs could could be delayed i mean if they decide to um you know play it like or resume the game um after week 18 then of course maybe that um delays the playoffs by a week and then um you know could remove the bye week before the Super Bowl or something like that. So it could be possible where they could decide to abandon the game or something like that or or move on from it in some capacity or however they decide to do it. So that's certainly a possibility as well uh, there too. But, um, I mean, it was going to be a game that could have decided the seeding for the, you know, for the number one seed. Uh, you know, for the Bills, I think this would up the number one seed or um, secured it, something like that. And then I think for Bengals, um, since the Ravens had lost on Monday night football or Sunday night football the day before, they could have uh, won the division. I think there if they had won that game. So uh, you know that's a lot of balance that still has to be uh, figured out and everything. So we'll have to go through it. But um, you know, just a weird situation. And you know, I don't think we anybody wants to be in it. But you know, on the other side, you know, people giving out you know love prayer support for um damar hamlin of course people raising money for his charity online which he launched in 2020 for um you know giving away christmas toys and gifts for children and everything and now people uh found that uh gofundme page and uh, you know millions of dollars have been donated hundreds of you know thousands of dollars from the players and everything have poured in russell wilson tom brady other people who have andy dalton i think as well who have donated to his charity and um so just a you know, in in the aftermath of this, just a a, a lot of um, positivity, um, you know, and support going towards this man. So, um, you know, just continue to hope and pray that he. Uh, so all we can do, this day and, it's um, day by day. You know, hopefully, again, certainly, uh, uh, you know, we'll we will he, be uh, able you know, to see life after uh, Demar Hamlin again. From this and, uh, so, and you know, we we'll just have to go. We pray it, that it is in a in a manner that he can live live. First of all, would hope that that's a case, but then also just that he can have a life. He can live his life. Um, that's first and foremost. I mean, you brought up a lot of the uh deaths um in in racing over the years those big accidents um and then uh yeah okay uh, yeah all right so and so i mean it's a um what was i gonna say i had yeah the names it's like hank gathers uh was the guy in college and his his teammate bo and best friend bo kimball they made a big run in the NCAA tournament. They were supposed to be a, a great team. Uh, it was like not San Diego. It's some is uh, what team it was, but uh, he passed away 
Chuck Hughes was a Detroit Lion back in 1971 who passed away. And then um, I was talking about Reggie Lewis, um, who had heart incident on the floor at the Boston Garden and then passed away later on, just practicing shooting around um, a couple months later. I mean, it's just in the, it's those kind of things. Like, it's it can happen in an instant. It's like how you think about Dan Weldon's incident, the his untimely passing, and how literally he was just biding his time, and he went from biding his time running in essentially the back of the pack to what ended up taking place within a couple of seconds. Um, it's just crazy how that happens, and it's and it's really um, jarring and 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 rough but the hope the hope that uh demar Hamlin will be all right and um in in the long run that's really what it, and uh, what, it, what matters first and foremost um but since we are we are going over all aspects of this um i mean we're gonna get into the fantasy perspective of it we're gonna get into what the schedule um, may look like Josh already mentioned that Charles Robinson on Yahoo Sports already brought up what essentially are what essentially are the two options. One is um, which it seems like they're leaning towards is a is a can a total cancellation, and uh, their playoff positioning will be based on win the the win loss percentage versus teams that have a full 17 game slate like the Kansas city chiefs. So that's one aspect. And then, or as I, Josh, you mentioned the week moving it back to where, um, what essentially that would mean is the super bowl, the week it, like they used to have years ago, there was, I've known it with two weeks with in between the championship game and the super bowl. I've also known it with one week between the championship and the super bowl. And personally, I don't think it's that big of a deal. Do it that way. Get it moving. Let's get things going. Um, I think that's the more, I think, the in my mind, the more palatable, palatable thing. You can build up the playoffs that way, too, and um, to give them enough time, give both the Bills and the, the Bengals enough time. Um, it can also make a difference in regards to um, results for people who are um, playing Fantasy, I mean, I know fantasy doesn't really matter, but, you know, for those who have uh, a piece in there, you know, if you're in a final trying to win, um, that that's something that has to be looked at. They haven't made a determination yet, but we will see what happens. Um, in a more positive note, uh, Josh's Jaguars uh, put a whooping on what likely will be the number one pick in the NFL draft, the Houston Texans. Uh, Trevor Lawrence didn't have to do anything. I mean, his the, his replacement at Clemson, who got benched this year, could have been the quarterback of the Jacksonville Jaguars. I think they would have stolen. Um, I think they could have gotten uh, Steve Berline out of the stands or wherever. He, I think he's announcing now. Or Mark Brunel. Uh, they could have gotten David Garrard. It doesn't matter. Like, every quarterback, they could have, well, not, well, no, Leftwich calls plays for Brady. But I'm trying to go back into the history of Jacksonville Jaguar quarterbacks and it didn't really matter who the quarterback was. I think they could have had Blame Gabbert or um, what's the other the guy from Central Florida Bortles. You could have Bortles, yeah. You could have Bortles out there. You'd have won that game. But what it means for the Jags is a win and in scenario on Saturday night 
uh, where if they beat the Tennessee Titans, I don't know where you guys were at before you went on this uh, win streak. I think you were at like, weren't you like five or like five or five games under 500 or something when you went on this winning streak? Uh, Essentially, uh, they were nowhere. Nobody thought they were going to win the division. It was like, uh, you know, another rebuilding season. But all of a sudden, Josh, I guess a, a it, yeah, I guess it works the same way as the algorithm. He had a idea of something that was going to come that most of us didn't think that the Jags were going to win eight games, and they might have, they have a strong possibility of winning nine games uh, with Tennessee playing Josh Dobbs at quarterback for a second week in a row, and um, of not one hundred percent Derrick Henry, a lot of injuries on the Tennessee Titans. Uh, and not much of an offense to speak of, but I guess Josh, it's a thing. I, I know who you're going to pick in that game, but what do you think? Like, did, I mean, did you really see this coming? Did you see uh, Trevor Lawrence after early in the season, what some of the growing pains he was having turning it around and being the guy, like everyone has said he was going to be. And basically him and some of these other young players carrying the team on their back to get this team within one game of a possible uh, playoff appearance and a, and a strong possibility of advancing if they get in the playoffs. I, I mean, so for me, like I had thought at the beginning of the season, based on how they played in the preseason games, the two preseason games that they played in um, against the Steelers and against the, uh, the Browns that, you know, they could move the ball pretty well in, in those games. And um, I, I thought, you know, they look, kind of good and, and it could happen and i knew that would be pretty competitive and so oh you know why not let's put it in a bit and they hedged with eight wins because i was like well if they don't go in the playoffs they're gonna have um you know eight wins that you know i i don't think eight wins will get you in the playoffs but eight wins to me would be reflective of a pretty competitive team uh you know on record and yeah they're they're there i mean i would, didn't predict that they'd get to eight wins like this but um you know they i thought you know they'd get there so um, I mean, I hope they get a ninth win because then that, you know, gets the playoff bet. Although I was kind of secretly hoping that they would actually lose on Sunday to the Texans and then I'd still have the wager on both ends. And if they got the win, then they would win and the playoffs. So get both bets in there. But I mean, I didn't bet like a, a large amount of money or anything like that. You know, just a, you know, $20 bet on both ends. So uh, I actually, I don't even know. I, I have to look at my gambling account there and see i haven't even looked i i basically made an account put that bet in and bet on the first game of the season and haven't opened it since so i have to look on there but um i i didn't think after they lost they had the five game losing streak after the london game uh when they had that you know loss there to the uh, denver broncos um i did not think that they would well I didn't think it would be really likely anymore, although I still had a little bit of hope. It's like, you know, they'll they'll figure it out. And, you know, next game against the Raiders, they went and won that game um, and started out poorly, right, 17-0, to but then something lit up in Trevor Lawrence, and they came back and won that game against the Oakland Raiders or against the Las Vegas Raiders. And, um, you know, I was like, well, it might happen. And then, you know, cautiously optimistic against the Kansas City Chiefs, 
they lost the game, but they um, had a lot of mistakes that could have been more competitive. And I was like, well, maybe it's still the same team that we've seen. They just got a good win against the Raiders. And then they went and won against the Baltimore Ravens. And, uh, you know, Trevor finally had his uh, game where he had a touchdown deficit or needed a touchdown to go win the game. And he finally did that and won in the last minute. And I was like, okay, you know, here we go. This is This team can make the playoffs. And that's where I started looking at the playoff scenario chart and seeing, okay, what are the different scenarios, how we can make the playoffs. Um, and started, you know, doing the, you know, thing where you simulate all the way up to the playoffs and seeing where the seeding lands. And I was like, well, probably going to be a division. And, you know, they had the game against the Detroit Lions where they played poorly. And I was like, well, you know, maybe, maybe not. not. But then the Titans also lost that week as well. So it's like, well, it's still in play. Then they went and beat the Titans. They thumped them and, you know, beat the shit out of them and uh, owned them that game, which they're going to do on Sunday in Jacksonville. Uh, and they won that one, and then, yeah, on Saturday night, yep, Saturday, I forgot, but, uh, yeah, they won that game, and it's like, okay, now it's really a strong possibility, won against the Cowboys, and I was like, with the way that happened, I was like, okay, they gotta make the playoffs now, and, you know, since then, you know, they defeated the Titans, or the, well, they defeated the Jets, and then they defeated the Houston Texans very handily, so, um, it's all right there in front of him and you know, they control their destiny. And um, even if they do, I mean, I guess there is a possibility if they lose, but then they're going to be depending on a couple of other games and don't want that to happen. So rather it uh, happen uh, with a win. So I think, you know, Saturday we're going to see Saturday night, we're going to see the Jacksonville Jaguars win against uh, the Tennessee Titans. So um, probably they've been saying it's the, probably going to be the biggest regular season game in the history of the team, which, you know, not going to argue that um, considering senses, you know, for being a, the first draft pick this year, uh, you know, last year, Urban Meyer disaster, you know, 2020 only winning one game, um, the Jalen Ramsey saga the year before in 2019, 2018's uh, disappointing follow-up to the AFC Championship run in 2017, so um, the lead-up to this, yeah, I, I could agree with that uh, statement there. So, um, you know, last week against the uh, Texans, you know, they – um, didn't perform all that well offensively passing, but um, I guess, you know, they were just trying to get out of there with the win, trying to, uh, you know, get the, you know, out of there and, and not have any too much injuries or anything like that. So I guess it's understandable because they still won big time. They beat a team they should beat, and that's what you need to do when you're a playoff team is you beat the teams that you should beat. So uh, that's what I think there. And, um, you know, the Texans uh, weren't really good, and um, they managed to beat them, so... Um, now we get to play the Titans and, uh, Titans are very injured right now. Um, you know, they still have Derrick Henry, but same time, uh, Josh Dobbs, uh, who actually was the backup for Gardner Minshew in 2019, uh, for the Jaguars, uh, who they traded for from the Steelers. Um, you know, he's not really that great of a quarterback, so don't think, um, really have to fear him. And, you know, they didn't really have any offensive threats besides Derrick Henry. So, uh, for their skill positions. So, um, yeah, I think. You know, it's going to be an interesting game. It should be exciting. And, you know, I think Jaguars, again, come out with the victory and they win the AFC South uh, for the first time since 2017. So, uh, and, you know, they'll be the fourth seed in the playoffs. And, you know, by my projections, you know, the San Diego or LA Chargers go out and win uh, their game on Sunday against the Broncos. Then uh, it'll be Chargers at Jaguars uh, in Jacksonville, which Jacksonville will be the Chargers back in week three in Los Angeles. So it'll be a rematch of that game in Jacksonville. So should be interesting and uh, uh, should be a good playoff game there if uh, that happens. So, um, you know, really excited and um, 
you know, yeah, it's something. I mean, that's one thing both of our teams have in common. We somehow or another lost to the Denver Broncos, um, which is one of the worst effing teams ever, um, it seems. With that that phony Russell Wilson at quarterback. But it. Jacksonville, we're going to see on Saturday. We'll definitely tell you on episode 151 if Jacksonville won. Uh, hopefully they do because I don't think I, I don't think Josh is going to want to do episode 151 if uh, if uh, the Jaguars are not in the playoff. Um, I I would venture to you know the way that the Niners' season has been down to Mister Relevant now and Brock Purdy and he's played at a level, a very high level. You know, this last week against the Las Vegas Raiders was definitely a struggle across the board, but some of the players definitely showed up. Couldn't stop Devontae Adams. Uh, Jarrett Stidham looked like Tom Brady. Uh, it was ridiculous. It, it made me... It's it's probably part of the reason why I drink uh, the reality of that game. I was, I was really worried they're going to lose the game. But Purdy made plays. You know, Brandon Ayuk made plays. Christian McCaffrey has been an absolute, you know, he's a stud in the voice of Charles Barkley. Uh, I mean, there's right now they're in the mix for the number one seed since the Philadelphia Eagles dropped uh, a second straight game with uh, Minshew. He didn't play as well as he did against Dallas last week against, um, uh, what did the who did Philly play? It was New Orleans. Yeah, uh, I think it was New Orleans. Yeah. Yeah, so that was, I mean, New Orleans, that's their signature win of the year, trying to keep Dennis Allen employed. Uh, Marshawn Lattimore comes off of the injured list and gets a pick six. Uh, so tells you how big certain players can be. Yeah, they played the Saints. Uh, Philly now is in a race to get the number one seed, likely will, because the Giants are going to be playing uh, people that work at the American Dream, more than likely than any of their actual players because they can't move they can't go either way they're going to be the sixth seed either way um after locking up their first playoff appearance and i think six seven years something like that the niners have a chance they'll play arizona arizona's on their fourth quarterback david blah blau whatever uh they played uh some other guy trace mcsorley sorely a couple weeks ago on sunday night football uh couldn't complete a pass uh, really of any value. And um, then they moved on to blah and then uh, uh, they'll be playing them this week at home. And um, we'll have a home game the following week who that'll be against to be determined uh, giants. It's either more than likely going to be the giants. Um, if not, everything stays or right now, actually they're the two seed. They'd right now play whoever wins the Sunday night football, theoretically the last regular season game of uh, 20, the, this season of the 2022 season, which would be Green Bay hosting the Detroit Lions. Whoever wins that game will be the seventh seed in the playoffs, and the Green Bay Packers are on a heater. And uh, Detroit is, it's insane. Um, they had a huge, they were one in whatever, and it looked like Motor City Dan Campbell was going to get fired. And then all of a sudden, a light switch went off for them, too. And now their offense is insane all across the board, especially with passing. Uh, though they weren't that great last week because I'm on Ross St. Brown and really too much. But um, running game is there. Motor City, I mean, their defense can be a save. The Carolina Panthers exposed that a couple of weeks ago, gave themselves hope. Uh, and then promptly last week against Tampa Bay, 
um, weren't able to do any of that and um, help Tom Brady out um, after what has been one of his worst seasons of his career, um, make another playoff run and win another division. Uh, So, I mean, it's interesting. There's a lot of things that can take place here in terms of uh, uh, the NFL playoffs. I mean, I know that uh, obviously for, Damar Hamlin, as I mentioned earlier, is the big thing, big biggest concern, and and uh, we'll see how the guy, all these players, handle the situation um, for sure. So um, right now, I'm just going off of NFL uh, .com's uh, current lineup uh, of uh, playoff seeding. The Kansas City Chiefs are the Number one seed at thirteen and three, they'll be playing the Raiders, who had their great great game against the Niners, but weren't able to come through. Bills and Bengals are two and three, and um, the Jaguars and the Jaguars and the Titans are going to play for the four seed, and likely there's there's a, ch- a chance the it'll be the Chargers. It's either going to be the Chargers or the Ravens in that um, five hole to go and play the Jags. Otherwise, the three, there might be, as it stands, the Ravens are in the six and the Chargers are in five. So the Bengals would end up playing their division rival at home. And then at the moment, the New England Patriots are in the eight, in the final, in the seventh spot with uh, a battle against the Bills on Sunday. The Miami Dolphins have a matchup with the Jets. And the Pittsburgh Steelers have a matchup with the Browns. Now, if they can win and the Dolphins and Patriots lose, the Pittsburgh Steelers would back into the playoffs as a seven seed and play more than likely as it stands right now with everything that's going on, the Bills. But that may change, of course. Uh, That's in the AFC. Uh, In terms of the NFC, the Eagles are at 13 and 3 even with the two consecutive losses they are still the number 1 seed they'll be playing a giants team that has nothing to play for and the niners are trying to play to get the num- get the division and or they yeah get the division and the number 1 seed the eagles otherwise if something if there's some uh, dumpster fire and the dallas cowboys are able to beat the washington Redskin general commanders who who um, figured out a way to napalm themselves last week with three picks against the Cleveland Browns with Carson Wentz basically ending his career uh, with that pathetic performance and um, Ron Rivera possibly getting himself fired because he didn't even know that there was a playoff spot and the line if he had lost that they were going to get eliminated, which I think is just absolutely ridiculous and that's just crazy. You can say oh, you don't know what the hell your positioning is in the playoffs. You don't know if you lose, you can get knocked out. I mean, that's ridiculous. Um, so now they're going to be playing a backup quarterback. So more than likely the Cowboys are going to win. If they win and uh, the Eagles lose, then the Cowboys become the number one seed. And uh, I, I believe uh, and the Eagles would fall after starting 13 and one. If they were to lose whatever, three consecutive games they'd go from the one to the five which would be horrendous um niners right now are the two seed they got past uh the vikings who uh lost uh last week they got uh they got demolished by the packers 
Um, every loss they've had has been pretty bad. Um, big point deficits. Buccaneers are the four, and they'll be playing whoever is either the, the one that finishes second in the NFC East, either the Eagles or the Cowgirls. Giants are locked in at six. Can't lose that no matter what they do. Um, as it stands, they'll be playing Minnesota. Uh, if things hold, if it changes around, it'll probably be the Niners. Seahawks have a have a chance uh, to to get in uh, at the moment. Right now, they hold a seven seed, but if they win, then they definitely, I guess, are in. Uh, but uh, I think the Packer Lion game will is supposed they are putting it there. I would assume because that will determine that playoff spot. Now, if Seattle loses, I think it it gets it'll it'll still be that scenario. I think, but um, we will see. Right now, the top. The first 13 picks uh, are, or at least, yeah, the top, uh, 13 teams have been eliminated uh, from the playoffs. The Texans, Bears, Arizona Cardinals, Broncos, Colts, Rams, Panthers, Falcons, Raiders, Jets, Saints, Browns, and Commanders. So, yeah, so that's uh, the, we went over all that. Um and uh, let's see here. Um, uh, we'll talk about the draft more next week because we that'll be relevant during the college football national championship game. Uh, and then um, I'll go and move that over here. Um, draft discussion. And then uh, so yeah, f- football. Yeah, fantasy football. I guess we kind of we're on, on hold for that. Hopefully, we'll have some more answers next week. Uh, determining what's going on with that. So I think I'll move that one as well. Uh, because uh, right now, Josh, if the, uh, depending on the scenario, Josh is in a close battle with uh, Jeff in our league for third place. I'm losing pretty bad to Wilson in the final, but I had four players in the Monday night football game, uh, which was looking like it was going to be a shootout. And uh, so, you know, that's where, you're out. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so we'll, I mean, we'll definitely know more by then, uh, next week. Yeah. I think, uh, um, for sure. Yeah, I, I think for your but team, you let's go over before we move mine's, on and mine's talk finished, about Ken so block. I'm getting, uh, Josh, uh, we yeah. get into the um, schedule for this weekend. Cause they made, uh, as we already mentioned, the, um, Jaguars and Titans winning in, uh, on um, eight at eight fifteen, the first game will be Kermit the Frog versus the Raiders. Um, Raiders at Las Vegas, so Stidham will get a second start. Uh, they put up a fight against the Niners, who have and the Kansas City Chiefs. Literally, the that's the worst loss to not. I mean, they've had bad losses this year. The Niners, they lost to Denver, they lost Atlanta and Chicago, and and all of them are terrible teams. Uh, but the Chiefs absolutely tore tore them a new one at uh, Levi's. So um, it could be a shootout there, but likely uh, Kermit the Frog gets that win and more more pretty much locks up the number one seed unless some craziness happens. The um, Sunday slate, the one o'clock slate, will be uh, pretty heavy. There will be eight one o'clock games, games of significance. The Patriots at Buffalo, the Vikings at Chicago, the Bengals Ravens matchup for the Texans. If they dump to the Colts, 
then they'll be the number one pick. If the if they win, then the Bears become the uh, number one overall pick. But they have a quarterback. They don't have much else, but they have a quarterback. Uh, Dolphins still have a, a puncher's chance somehow. Uh, Panther, yeah, that doesn't matter. Uh, the Browns and the Steelers. Steelers need to win, of course. So there's there's different machinations going on there in this one o'clock slate. The four o'clock slate starts at four twenty-five. You have six, five games. Uh, the Eagles Giants matchup. Two teams that'll be in the playoffs: Cowgirls and Commanders at Commanders. Uh, of course, Cowgirls are in. Chargers are in the playoffs and uh, could lock up the five playing against uh, Russell. What a Russell Wilson witch or whatever the hell danger witch. Um, the Seahawks are are home against the Rams, trying to lock up a, or put themselves in a position to get to the playoffs. And the Niners will be hosting the Cardinals to um, give themselves a chance to get the number two seed. And the last theoretical last game of the regular season, uh, Packers and hosting the Lions. So I guess Josh, I mean, we already know your pick for Jacksonville, and I agree with that pick uh in terms of we're working under the scenario let's work under the scenario that the the buffalo cincinnati game does not happen they throw it out so uh, essentially the kansas city game uh, would would uh determine number one for them if they were to win uh they they get the number one seed again um like he needs that much help anyway um, it's what the NFL wants, to be honest. But um, what other games stand out to you during this week? There's a lot of stuff going on there, but other than the game that matters to you most, what other games really stand out to you that um, for this last week of the regular season? Well, I think, yeah, there, I mean, there's a couple of games that stand out, right? Uh, I mean, several of them have playoff implications or, um, you know, could, impl- you know, have some type of change in the seating, right? Uh, I mean, AFC side first, uh, I mean, the Steelers against the Browns, the Steelers could uh, make it into the playoffs if they win and Buffalo wins their matchup uh, against Kansas or against uh, New England, that would make uh, Pittsburgh the seventh seed in the playoffs. Uh, And if Miami wins their matchup against the New York Jets, then that would make their uh, them the seventh seed, which that's going to be interesting because the Jets don't have uh, a quarterback. Uh, I mean, nobody on their team is good at playing quarterback, um, even uh, even though Mike White might look good. He ain't really that good. Um, the Dolphins, of course, injured. Tua's injured right now, uh, and they've been struggling without him. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater also injured as well, uh, so that could be a potential issue there and you know if the browns beat the steelers and that puts the jets or the new england in the playoffs uh, at eight and nine uh in new england of course that they win against the buffalo bills then they get in as the seventh seed so yeah a little bit jumbled up there but i mean i mean the scenarios all kind of play and complement each other there for the seventh seed uh the uh chargers against the broncos that's a you know potential matchup there of course chargers win they get the five if they lose, though, they fall to the sixth seed, and then Baltimore would be the uh, fifth seed. You know, if Baltimore loses against the the Bengals, then the, the Baltimore uh, remains uh, sixth seed. Of course, if they win, 
uh, and that would make Baltimore the sixth seed uh, for the playoffs, so or the fifth seed. So, yeah, a lot of uh, matchups here on the AFC side that could affect the seeding, whether they're playing against the playoff team uh, or two t- playoff teams or one playoff team. Uh, a lot of things, scenarios could affect it. Um, not really concerned about the Chiefs or the Raiders. Uh, the Raiders, um, you know, they I think the Chiefs take care of business. The Raiders don't really have much to play for except for their pride. So uh, I think um, the Chiefs probably will take that game. Uh, the other games I talked about, you know, Steelers-Browns, I think Steelers pull it out. They seem to be well coached. You know, they have a good a lot of momentum on their side. Uh, Kenny Pickett, I mean, I don't really trust him as a quarterback, but he's doing uh, what enough to win the games, and uh, they complement each other as a team. Uh, I'd still expect the bill, uh, the Bills to win against the uh, New England Patriots. Uh, the Bills, of course, you know, rallying. I think they're going to rally off of the Demar Hamlin uh, situation and come together as a team and uh, you know be stronger and and everything. So uh, I think you'll see Buffalo, uh, you know, play with a lot of uh, inspiration and everything for uh, their teammates. So uh, I see them taking that matchup. I see Chargers taking the uh, Broncos in uh, Denver, so it should be an easy matchup there. Uh, Broncos' defense is pretty tough, but I think the Chargers are going to do enough on offense to outweigh the Broncos' defense. And, of course, Broncos did have a pretty poor performance against the other uh, L.A. team a couple times on Christmas uh, with uh, Baker Mayfield making the Broncos look silly and Patrick Starr roasting uh, Russell Wilson uh, saying that Russ can't cook uh, and everything like that. I think the Bengals, I think, yeah, I think they uh, will win their matchup against the Ravens. Uh, Ravens, of course, uh, you know, bit of a situation there with Lamar Jackson having uh, been out the last couple of weeks, Tyler Huntley in the game uh, right now for the Bengals, but uh, he hasn't really played all that well in the Bengals uh, or the, the uh, Ravens. Sorry, the Ravens uh, seem to, um, you know, collapse in the fourth quarter a bunch. We saw that, you know, back uh, with Jacksonville in week 12. So, um, of course, uh, they, you know, they've had plenty of other games where they've dropped in the fourth quarter. Uh, I think the Jets will defeat the Dolphins. I think, you know, even though they um, don't have quarterback either, I think, um, you know, they have a strong defense and I think they'll um, outweigh whatever, you know, offense Miami brings on Sunday. And I think uh, they'll win their matchup and eliminate Miami, who I think, you know, midway through the season, I think we would have thought that the Dolphins would have been in the playoffs. So, um, you know, it's um, tough matchup there, but I think Jets go out uh, on a win to close out the season. Um, And then the NFC side, uh, you have on Saturday, well, they're not playing on Saturday, but um, you have the other matchups, of course. The ones that really matter on the NFC, there's not as much, I think, that really matter as far as like who could win and get in. Of course, if Seattle wins then uh, against the LA Rams, then they are in the playoffs. Green Bay wins their matchup against the Lions, then they will eliminate the Seahawks uh, based on tiebreakers and be in the seventh seed. The Lions win their matchup, then Seattle still uh, makes it in, but if Seattle loses their matchup, then uh, Detroit becomes the seventh seed in the playoffs. Uh, so you have that there. Uh, I think Philadelphia. I think they can still win against New York Giants. Um, I don't. I mean, looking at it right now, I mean, I think they still have the better team, even if um, 
Uh, Jalen Hurts still is out with an injury. I think they lock up the number uh, number one seed officially. Um, you have Washington, who was eliminated last weekend against Dallas. I think Dallas takes that one. Uh, should be pretty easy. Uh, Washington, of course, um, Taylor Heineke benched. Carson Wentz was in the game last week. I started him on fantasy, which is a bad decision. I don't know why I did that. And I even picked up Sam Darnold, who I originally intended to start, but I thought projections would outweigh um, the matchup. So uh, I was wrong there, but uh, I think in this matchup, Dallas takes over Washington uh, 49ers uh, against the Cardinals. I think Cardinals uh, lose that one. San Francisco wraps up the second seed. Uh, of course, if the Giants win, then San Francisco becomes the number one seed, which could be possible. The Giants on a roll, they'd like to win to close out their season and have a lot of momentum on their side. Uh, could could end up happening, which you know could make the Eagles fall all the way down from the first all the way down to the fifth seed. So strong possibility, um, or not a strong possibility, but definitely a good chance that could happen. But I think Philadelphia pulls it out in the end. Um, uh, last one, Vikings at Chicago. Uh, well, I mean, I think the Vikings are the fakest team in the league in the NFC. Uh, what I mean by that is, you know, for the record that they have, they're pretty weak. And we've seen them in losses against the Cowboys, against the uh, Packers, where they lost big. Um, and, you know, despite their record, I, I think, you know, and the comeback that they had uh, against the Colts, I think, you know, they... Um, I'm not going to say that they lose, but I wouldn't be surprised if they lost, especially Justin Fields. He's a very dynamic quarterback, um, and they also have David Montgomery in the backfield as well. But, you know, I'm just going to assume that they win. That doesn't change the seating. Um, it shouldn't. Um, so we'll see, uh, you know, how they play. But I don't favor the Vikings at all in the playoffs. Um, I just don't think that, you know, they really are any good at all. And, you know, the other matchups don't really matter. Tampa Bay at Atlanta, you may as well sim that one in Madden. Just give Tom Brady a, a week off before he plays his final uh, playoff stretch, more than likely, uh, if he decides not to come back in 23. Uh, Panthers at Saints, that game doesn't matter either. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, a lot of these games matter for the playoffs, but, you know, the important ones are the ones that are still uh, you know, teams still in contention on both both games. So, um, yeah, of course, Jacksonville uh, defeating the Titans. So uh, should be an interesting Week 18, and then we'll see what the league uh, decides to do with uh, the Bills-Bengals uh, game and what, you know, the outcome of that will be if they continue it or they decide to uh, forfeit or uh, consider game completed or something to um so that they can figure out the season. yeah definitely i mean i was just looking up niner like scenarios so, um, we'll figure out uh, what they do if they can go and win we'll see and philly somehow or another like, loses uh, to monday after the giants who aren't going to be playing anybody so uh, of value for more than maybe a drive sure. or two uh then then the night and the niners win they can be the number one seed otherwise more than likely they'll be the two and there's and it's either uh, we mentioned those the all the seven the players for the seven seed the Seahawks and or the winner of the Sunday night football matchup and it always seems to be the case you know I, I honestly Aaron wins in this time of year I mean they were showing the record him and Lafleur I think they they have a really crazy good record in December and January so I mean I would I, it's a great story for Detroit. I think there's some good building blocks there. Personally, wouldn't mind seeing Detroit um, in one way. Um, I, I also know that it's it, it would probably be a better matchup for the Niners than either the Seahawks or the Packers. 
largely because of the mobile the mobile quarterback. Yeah, the Seattle line sucks ass, but Geno Smith has been uh, one of the better quarterbacks over the season, highest completion percentage of any quarterback right now in the league, I believe. So that's one part. And then, of course, if Aaron gets it, then, you know, the Niners and the Packers seem to play each other every year. So that would be one thing. Uh, I mean, I was trying to look at the scenario of uh, they play the 16 game season essentially right now if the, under that if the bills and the cincinnati bengals end up winning and they finish at 13 and 3 and kansas city wins kansas city is the number 1 seed no matter what uh if kansas city somehow or another dumps to the oakland raiders i mean las vegas raiders on saturday afternoon then that puts them back into the play to where the number 1 seed could move whether it's buffalo or cincinnati at that point and then also in that sense uh it that would make the the game against the that monday night football game moot um and all the other fantasy things and all the other stuff that goes with it would go away if if kansas city loses now if they win i think they're gonna have a real um problem trying to justify telling this the Bengals and the and the Bills who are both really good teams. Oh yeah, um no, we're not going to let you play. Uh we're just going to cancel your game when you could be the number 1 seed and have control and have the possibility of making Kermit the Frog come to your house. I think they're going to end up having to play that game personally somewhere and they're going to have to move everything back. Uh other than that, I mean we like Josh already went through all of these. I mean Jags I mean, come on! I, it should that should be that game should be over before the fourth quarter. Uh, Trevor Lawrence should put up this the game that I needed to guarantee myself a real chance in fantasy in the play in the championship and um, put the Tennessee tuxedos away. I mean, Buccaneers—they don't have anything really big to play for. They're just trying to maintain, just keep limit injuries. Bills should win that game. They'll be motivated, as Josh said. Uh, Vikings are a fraud, but, you know, the Bears are horrendous. Uh, But, you know, Justin Fields has played pretty darn good. Uh, He can't throw worth a lick, but he and they don't have much to throw to. But even if he could hit the side of a barn, but the Vikings, uh, their paper, it's it's Justin Jefferson and uh, what's uh, what's his name? Uh, what's the running back's name? Uh, Dalvin Cook and a couple pieces here and there on their defense. But I mean, come on, do you really trust Kirk Cousins to to do something when it matters? Uh, yeah, the, I, I the Ravens don't really need the game per se, and they're trying to bring Lamar Jackson back. Maybe they will, maybe they won't. Bengals are going to be motivated. Uh, they're going to want that game. Uh, I think the Titans dump to get the number one pick. Uh, to get because that'll give them two out of the first twelve. I I mean I it's hard to think that the way the Jets have been playing recently that they'll end up getting that win. But the Dolphins have been terrible, so I mean it, it would be an ugly way for Mike McDaniel's uh, first season in in Miami to end. But it it's got that feeling like what Josh was saying. Uh, I think Panthers win for Steve Wilkes. In the end, it won't matter. He won't keep the job because they'll probably try to hire Jim Harbaugh or somebody. Uh, Saints are going to keep Dennis Allen, it seems, either way, unless some craziness happens and they decide to bring Sean Payton back. I believe the Steelers will win that game and put themselves in the mix, possibly, for that last uh, playoff spot. Um, if the if the 
of course, if the Dolphins and the Patriots lose, then yeah, they would be the seven seed. Eagles win, get the number one seed. Cowboys win, get the five seed. Uh, Chargers, I, I mean, come on. I mean, it is a Charger. It is kind of like a Charger thing that they would go and lose to um, Danger Witch, but I, I, it just doesn't, I don't really think it ta- passes the smell test. I think the Chargers hold up here and then they shit the bed next week. Uh, against uh, Jacksonville. Uh, Seahawks, they should beat the Rams, but who knows? Niners should beat the Cardinals, but you know, stranger things have happened. They have dumped really bad teams this year, but this would be the worst. Other than getting killed by the Chiefs, it would be the worst loss they've had. Uh, they've lost to really bad teams. They've lost to three teams that are going to be in the top five of the NFL draft. I mean, the Broncos gave away all their picks, but their top five pick... The Chicago Bears are a top five pick. I guess the Atlanta Falcons aren't a top five pick. That's the only uh, misnomer there. So, but three of the top ten picks, and uh, I, I honestly think Aaron's going to win that. So, okay, big uh, spent a lot of time on the NFL. There, we'll get into it more next week in episode one fifty one. So, let's get into the racing. And the first piece is the passing of Ken Block, Um, and it's weird in the sense that I think it was on. On the second, and Michael Schumacher's birthday was the third. And you think about how both of those great motorsport icons, uh, well, I mean, in Michael Schumacher's case, he's we have not heard or seen him in a long, long time ever since his accident, um, um, skiing accident. And um, Ken Block passed away because of a snowmobile accident a couple days ago, and the outpouring of emotion and and so many people uh talking about it and all the people in motorsports that have been affected but it he transcends and that's one thing Josh he transcended um he was bigger than motorsports he 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 was a branding genius uh he understood extreme sports but he was a racer through and through he loved he could go and he was in the culture of the X games culture he was a big part of why that grew but he also understood, you know, dirt, dirt bikes. But he also knew about whatever skateboarding and uh, bike, whatever. Um, whatever. Uh, what do they call those bikes? The the ones that uh, like Matt Hoffman. Uh, no, no, yeah, BMX. Yeah, so BMX, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, freestyle BMX, you know, and then all all that, and then he became. He first started with the Jim Connor videos. I mean, he was a Subaru BMX, guy. You know. He was rallying on the side. Then he really got into it more and more to the point where, along with his Jim Connor videos, he made a. Uh, he was with Ford for many years and utilized Ford products in those videos, including the Unicorn Mustang, which is one of the coolest vehicles ever. And uh, and he made the the Huna truck, which was also insane. He drove the Mustang at, on Pike's Peak, which uh, that's, I mean, you're, you're combining two amazing things all together there. And um, recently, he was able to go prior, a few months ago, make, he made a connection with Audi, which is, he talked about in uh, his video saying that Audi and the Quattro is what made him a racing fan and a rally fan. And then he got to drive it in uh, in Stuttgart, and uh, 
the that type or what is it the the group a or group b rally cars those insane cars back in the 80s and um he got to drive the e-tron um e-tron audi e-tron car that they built specifically for him to do uh what will end up being his last gymkhana video which in Las he did it in las vegas and other places it's just insane uh but it's a big loss to the motorsports community and it's a big loss, I mean, obviously, to his family and his daughter, Leah, um, the heartfelt message that she wrote for her dad. And I know that he's looking up above for his whole entire family and his wife and the rest of his children. But I know that Leah's going to go out there. You could just see it. She was, she's more laid back and very, you know, introverted. But I think she's growing as a lady and the confidence that her mom has to go and, you know, keep everything together. I think she's going to give her that confidence too to go and say, hey, you can do this. Dad believed in you, but so do I. That's the way we live. We're blo- we're the blocks and we're going to go out there and we're going to show them uh, what's going on. And it's going to be a great, it'll be a great thing for her. I think it was something, Josh, that the last post he made, um, Ken Block, on his Twitter feed was about his daughter and her project Quattro um, that she's been driving her, her going to be her daily driver. Um, and I think there's something to that. It's, it's interesting how that worked out. But Ken Block is going to be missed in so many different areas of our our world as racing fans. But he's just a, the man himself. He, he's a great man. He's a great character. So many people loved him. And um, his passion for the sport is generally unmatched. Yeah, I mean, he was a very influential person in motorsports. Um, and, you know, he will really, truly be missed. Of course, you know, he um, was uh, very legendary. I mean, I I mean, I didn't really follow his career per se. But, I mean, I know about, you know, his... Uh, uh, Jim Connor videos and you know those were really cool watching those um I hadn't watched them in a while but uh you know I remember watching you know a while ago seeing some of his uh videos and stuff and it was you know really cool what he was able to do um and you know he was also you know a huge rally star as well and so he he could do multiple things uh behind the wheel of a, a race car drift car um rally car so I think, you know, he'll truly be missed. And, um, that was, you know, another, you know, of course we talked about the, uh, DeMar Hamlin, uh, injury and, you know, this, this was a really surprising thing to see. And, you know, um, of course lost in a snow bubble, snow accident. So, um, just a unfortunate loss, uh, you know, to start the year in the world of motorsports, um, someone, you know, who was, uh, extremely influential, um, and, you know, a lot of people, you know, I'm sure, copied or tried to you know were influenced by him uh drifting and doing other um things uh you know just the world of motorsports um you know someone who's influential i think everybody in you know racing posted uh you know rest in peace and um you know uh their thoughts on on his uh you know their mourning uh his loss so um, just someone that was very legendary, of course, and, um, you know, associated, of course, with Monster Energy for most of his career, Ford, uh, you know, the Ford Fiesta, Ford Focus um, throughout his rally career, uh, although I think he did switch back to Subaru, uh, you know, last couple of years. So 
uh he you know someone who's just a legend in 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 that sport um but uh also you know in the action sports scene in general of course founded dc shoes which um i actually did not know he founded that uh company but you know i wore a couple of little pairs of those shoes back in the day uh when i was growing up so um you know i knew about him and everything i like i said didn't didn't really follow him too closely but you know you are he's a name that you know um when when you see you know rallying and drifting and um you know is a talent that you know you can appreciate uh because he was really good at you know what he was able to do uh so uh you know he became famous through his videos and and everything and you know being you know good at you know what he was able to yeah, do and i think so, there's going to be um, some you know, tributes to ken block as we uh, go on right. here in the next you know, few weeks learning, when the you know i would uh, think especially when just, uh, the the clash happens at the coliseum uh, whether it's on keebler's car or certain other people um monster connected of course the supercross season will be starting this weekend um which i just remembered so the super motocross season uh is going to be starting this weekend so there will be tributes to him there as well uh all over for sure and um so we'll see what happens with that um to give the credence of what kind of uh, what man, kind of man he was the great business great racer to the core that ken block was all right so we'll move forward uh try to get more positive it's been a kind of rough start to the first episode here um we'll get into the uh trucks and uh, xfinity i guess we'll start with trucks um the truck series last year uh was a uh, kind of a hit or miss kind of deal season but in the grand scheme zane smith with front row motorsports moving to that organization after driving for GMS, uh, he goes to uh, the F for Front Row Motorsports, becomes l- probably their uh, number, the Ford's number one uh, young young gun, and uh, wins the final race of the season after finishing second the last two years in points. He wins the final race of the season. He goes and finally gets that elusive uh, championship in. Um, yeah, that's a screw up. That's supposed to be the expanded standings. But uh yeah, I mean Zane Smith, Josh was he did a great job uh this last year and um to go and earn that championship and it it he's put himself into a position where uh he's going to be someone that Ford is going to have as a as a key player uh here in the future. Uh, because he was able to go and get that victory, get that W, um, beat Chandler Smith, who's now moving up to the Xfinity series. Ben Rhodes and Ty Majeski uh, will stay as teammates at Thor Sport. Those are the four that made the fi- the playoff, and they'll be uh, driving Fords this year in 2023. So there'll be more Fords out there. Be nice. Uh, but Zane Smith was uh, was a great, did a great job last year to go and finally get that elusive championship. Yeah, Zane Smith of course, you know, had a great great season in 2022. Um, you know, he uh was a contender in 2021 uh in you know, second in points to Ben Rhodes and then announced as the driver of the number 38 in 2022 um and scored 
first win in Daytona or fourth career win in Daytona first of the season. Uh, and you know, he held off, uh, Ben Rhodes championship rival from the year before. Uh, but yeah, just a good win. And then kind of became a road racing guy, you know, throughout the year, one at Coda, uh, in 20, you know, in, in this year, one at Kansas, uh, you know, someone that, uh, really came into his own this year in the truck series, uh, and just, you know, was able to get the finishes that he needed to be a contender throughout, you know, throughout the season, uh, clinched the regular season championship in Pocono, um, you know, ran, ran well, uh, throughout the year, um, and, you know, came out and was really strong at Phoenix and, uh, was able to, you know, win the race, uh, you know, had to fight for it late in the race, uh, you know, to be able to get, you know, get to the lead and, you know, he was able to, uh, run the way he needed to win, uh, his first career championship. And he's got a, you know, he's got a bright future for him, uh, in, you know, later on in his career and should be somebody we look out for, uh, in, you know, the future in this sport. Um, you know, didn't think, you know, initially that he was really, you know, that good, of course, but, you know, I, I think with Ford, I think, you know, they have a, a plan for him, you know, for him to stay within Ford uh, and move on up into uh, Xfinity at some point and then, you know, probably move on up into the Cup Series within the next couple of years. Uh, so, you know, he had an incredible season and, um, you know, he's going to be somebody that we uh, watch uh, throughout next couple of years and uh, we'll see, you know, if he's able to defend his title next year course returning back to the 38 and 23 so uh you know it should be interesting with um some people in the truck series moving yeah on i mean the there's there and, it'll be a uh, different cast of uh, characters outside of thor dominant I mean, or they never really change uh, within the series that uh, we mentioned will, two of those guys are there and of course matt crafton uh, ageless wonder three-time series champion will be back and Haley deegan will be the fourth driver there uh I'm trying to go look through who won last year. I mean, four cup guys won in the truck series. Uh, Kyle Busch, of course, uh, won uh, at Sonoma. I think Chastain won at Charlotte. I, I, maybe for um, I don't I don't remember exactly. I think Will Byron won at Martinsville, and then Todd Gilland won at El, um, at uh, Knoxville on the dirt. I'm just trying I'm I'm just pulling it off memory whether I'm right or not I'm sorry but we'll uh we'll work accordingly uh, amongst the uh, drivers that were scoring points Parker Kligerman who uh will be running full time in the Xfinity series next year or this year in the 48 for Scott Borchetta and Big Machine Records he won for the um Henderson team at Mid-Ohio emotional victory for him Ryan Priest got a victory at Nashville, I think, which he had won the year before. And now, of course, he'll be in the 41 Cup car for Stuart Haas Racing. Corey Heim won Rookie of the Year and uh, for Kyle Busch Motorsports. Two wins, finished 14th in points. Then uh, I don't think he ran every race either. He only ran 16 races, and uh, he beat a bunch of people who ran every race. Uh, he will be driving for... The what was the David Gilland racing team? I think they're tri triad or tripod or whatever tripod tricon garage or whatever the fuck they named their team. Whatever the Toyota there, whatever that David Gilland Johnny Gray team, uh, which is now the Toyota effort, will be the Grays, uh, both um, 
Tanner and Taylor. Uh, and then it'll be the lead driver will be Corey Heim in that deal. And there's some other movement here and there. Derek Krause uh, lost his ride to uh, Christian Eckes. And uh, Josevar, of course, he keeps his ride at, at uh, uh, Nice, but and that'll be the only truck that's good or reasonable. Uh, Grand Enfinger is a part of a three-truck uh, expanded GMS team uh, with uh, Raja Karuth as his teammate. Stuart Friesen, I think, is working on trying to get a second truck for for uh, Rig Lane Riggs. John Hunter's moving up to drive for Gibbs in the Xfinity series, along with Sammy Smith. And um, the third car will be a star car of sorts. So the four next this year will be driven by uh, uh, Chase Purdy for uh, Kyle Busch Motorsports full-time. The second truck, which will be the number two, will be a collaboration between Kyle Busch Motorsports and Rev Racing for the ARCA Series champion Nick Sanchez. He will be driving that uh, in 2023. And then uh, trying to go through here, yeah, he'll be in that deal. Yeah, Tricon, yeah, they don't know what that, yeah, Rev Racing, there'll be a connection with KBM. And then, yeah, I forgot about, yeah, Dean Thompson moves over to Tricon Garage. Uh, Olin Heim will be in the 11. Um, Haley Deegan's going to be driving f- what they're saying is a 13 truck now. Um, they got rid of the night, I guess they got rid of the 98 then or 99 or, or no, the 99 was Rhodes. They'll get rid of the 98, I guess. Uh, Ankrum stays at Hattori, but they're they're other Hattori truck. I don't know if they hired somebody in that second one. No, they don't have anybody um, listed as of now. Uh, GMS will have, yeah, Ekis will be moving into the 19 Napa Chevy for McAnally. Enfinger will be teammates with um, Raja Karuth and Daniel Dye, who ran an ARCA. You know, Jack Wood will go to the, uh, what, is the uh, I guess the fifty one or I'm trying to yeah fifty one will be uh will be a part time driver in the fifty one Chevy with uh Kyle Busch and um let's see who else is full time yeah D Burrito will be back Jake Garcia will be a second truck for McAnally uh next this year and then trying to see yeah Lawless Allen it looks like he's still gonna be there I don't know um then. That's uh, because he brings money. Timmy Hill hasn't announced anything, but I assume him and his brother will keep running that uh, 56 truck. Um, Ty Majeski, yeah, he ran the 66 last year, so he'll have Joe Shear Jr. back. As his crew chief, Matt Crafton will keep Shane Wilson as his crew chief and uh, trying to see what, yeah, the 99. So they'll get rid of the 98 and they'll become, they'll put it back to the 13. Um, Jared Prince will take over as Ben Rhodes' crew chief uh, on the 99 truck, trying to go through some of these other people. Uh, that's a lot of these announcements probably are going to come up uh, close to Daytona, I would think, uh, for sh- because a lot of truck series stuff only gets announced right at the last minute. Um, yeah, I mean, but in terms of the championship itself last year, you think about Chandler Smith, you th- the Kyle Busch Motorsports team struggled when it counted in the end. John Hunter Nemechek last year did not have as good of a year as he did the year before. 
Chandler Smith gave himself that opportunity to get that Xfinity ride to take over AJ Allmendinger's seat at uh what do you call uh colleague and uh that's that's a big big ride and going over to Chevy another uh driver that Toyota loses to uh Chevrolet and um you know we'll see what Toyota's situation is they don't really have a solid ground in terms of uh, uh building a foundation to get guys to cup will they be able to keep some of these guys will it continue to be the same thing at Ford or an especially Chevy poach uh, these talents that Toyota has been cultivating over the years. Uh, I mean, that's, that, that's really what the, something you got to look at, uh, for sure. I was going and, uh, I was looking at the point standings there. I mean, the highest total, of course, Zane Smith won four races. He won more stages than anybody. And in the end, he had the most playoff points. He was theoretically the best driver last year. Didn't look like it at some times, but really, when it comes down to it, he did what he had to do, get that championship, and he is definitely the favorite coming back um, for this season um, now that he's going to be running a little bit of everything. And you look back, I mean, Rhodes, Ben Rhodes has been Rhodes, whatever. Smith is gone. Majeski is returning. We'll see what he can do. Uh, Joe Shear Jr. is a great crew chief. Uh, freeze in. Can he take that next step? End finger. Can he... Uh, now that they're a three truck effort, can uh, they take a step forward, or will it be too much too much of a stretch of resources? Eckes is moving to a different team. Crafton, can he get that elusive uh, fourth championship and join Ron Hornaday Jr. Uh, on that on that mark? Uh, Hosevar has made the playoffs his first two years of his career. Uh, he's done plenty of questionable things. Uh, we'll see if he can mature and get a little better there. Um, Ankrum, they don't, who knows what Hattori's got going on. Di Burrito was kind of a fail, but, you know, that team, who knows, maybe they can move. What will the Gillen team do uh, this year now that they're getting the full Toyota support? And uh, Corey Heim, we'll see. He can, he's probably a sneaky uh, championship pick and contender. You look at some of these other people. I mean, Purdy is going to be the full-time driver for Kyle Busch Motorsports. The pressure is going to be on him to actually take that step forward um, after basically being irrelevant for a year and a half driving trucks, um, wrecking a lot of trucks, too, in the process. Um, Colby Howard's another one. I don't know if they – I think he said he's going back to Xfinity. I don't know. I might have missed that. But um, Haley Deegan's going to have pressure on her because now she's actually driving in in a big-time team. And uh, a lot of eyes will be on her when you consider, uh, what is it, all th- all three or two of their drivers made the final four and all four of their drivers made the playoff. So pressure will be on Haley Deegan to actually show up and uh, do what she's supposed to do. She's been the, the most popular driver the last two years in the truck series. Can she actually put up results okay, with that? So and then once you get past that, there's a bunch of you know daddy's money ride buyers and crap there. So that was the truck series last year. The Xfinity series was definitely um, more intriguing. There was a lot more drama in it uh, for many reasons. Uh, but the but the um, the thing that stands out, Keebler Gibbs. Uh, goes and gets the Xfinity championship a week after running over 
his then teammate Brandon Jones um, and and knocking him out of a playoff position. And uh, then he goes out and wins at Phoenix to get that championship. Seven wins, uh, 10 stage wins, and he becomes an Xfinity champion his first season. So he's got an ARCA championship and an Xfinity championship, and he will be taking over uh, the 18 car. It'll be the 54 for whatever reason. I don't know why they give him the 54. I don't know what the connection is to him. It's a Kyle Busch number, but they it's like you might as well just put 51 at that point because you're trying to foobar Kyle Busch stuff with him. Uh, I mean, his the untimely death of his father was huge after the championship, like hours after uh, his uh, championship victory. But uh, Ty Gibbs will move up with his arrival in the Xfinity series. Noah Gregson, who won the most races last year with eight, won the most stages, had the most playoff points. But when it came down to it, he wasn't able to close the deal. He kind of uh, spit the bit, which is something that Noah Gregson's been known to do, along with vomiting. Justin Allgaier hit the wall and finished third. Josh Berry had issues um and finished fourth but in his first full season to um get into the final four he won his way in um but phoenix just didn't work out well for him three of the top four were junior motorsports cars and all four finished in the top seven aj elmendinger after a great pretty good season wasn't able to get into the final four but in the end you look at the top five three of the top five are all going to cup this year, Gregson's going to be driving for Petty GMS, Petty GMS and Jimmy Johnson. Uh, and then AJ Almeninger will be taking over full-time driving the 16 in the Cup Series for Colleague to be a full-time teammate to his son there, uh, Justin Haley. Austin Hill finished sixth in points. Mayor mentioned seventh. Uh, Bruckshot Jones moves over to Junior Motorsports to take over Yagson's nine car and... Um, that 19 car is the star car now, I believe. The 18 will be Sammy Smith. The 20 will be John Hunter, or maybe he'll John Hunter will be in the 19. I forget which what the or what that is. Um, Hamrick, after winning the championship the year before, finished ninth. Um, congrats to him and Kenzie Rustin Hamrick, his wife, on the birth of their second child. Who I think they named their their firstborn son Rustin. So um, interesting uh, name and deal there, to, an ode to mom and all that. So that's a interesting name, cool name. Uh, let's see, Herbst. He'll have a teammate this year in Cole Custer. Sieg and Clements end up uh, your playoff drivers. Landon Castle is just outside, and Sheldon Creed, who made a run late in the year figuring out stuff, had a chance to win a couple of races there. But uh, I guess, Josh, we have to talk about Gibbs and Gregson because they're going to be the story here uh, for the rookie battle in the Cup Series in 2023. Uh, two guys that have been interesting, that have been controversial, and now they're going to apply their trade against the best stock car drivers, some of the best stock car drivers that exist. Um, and But what they did last year, winning 15 out of the 33 races, kind of speaks to their ability to compete against those big-time drivers. Yeah, you know, with those two drivers, you know, they dominated a good portion of the season last year. Um, you know, early on, Ty Gibbs was the guy, uh, and it looked like he was going to be the clear-cut uh winner for you know front runner for the championship 
you know, throughout the uh, early spring and, you know, even into the, you know, early summer, um, all the way up until July. But, uh, you know, Noah Gregson had a couple of wins, you know, at Phoenix uh, and at Talladega, but he hadn't really established himself uh, as a real contender, in, uh, you know, until um, the, you know, the late, late summer and then the early fall where possibility of him uh, becoming a serious championship contender, you know, became a thing. Um, you know, the early part of the season, you know, Ty Gibbs won at Las Vegas, won at Atlanta, and then won at Richmond. Um, of course, bumping out his teammate, John Hunter Nemechek, out of the way to do that. And then, you know, winning at Road America. Uh, so it was clear early on that, you know, through the summer, you know, he was the guy in the championship. You know, after that Road America win, um, Ty Gibbs was second in the standings. Noah Gregson was fourth, uh, and Gregson only had two wins uh, in that uh, up to that point. But then, you know, by the time we get to the you know playoffs for the Xfinity Series, uh, you know, Noah Gregson had uh, three wins in a row at that point, and you know, had won at Darlington, Kansas, and then at uh, you know, at Bristol, and you know, that win at uh, just kick off the uh, playoffs or to, you know, end of the playoffs. Uh, Noah Gregson had won the regular season title. Ty Gibbs finished second, you know, 13 points behind. Uh, so, you know, it was uh, interesting how the flow of the season went and, you know, Gregson was able to figure it out late. Um, of course, they had that battle together where they actually raced cleanly, you know, two guys um, who've been had re- reputations as, you know, being controversial drivers, uh, you know, so far for whatever reason, um, you know, both of them had a, a pretty good battle uh, and clean battle for the win uh, at Pocono and Ty Gibbs, uh, you know, ended up losing that race, but uh, he ran, you know, pretty well. Both of them uh, ran pretty well and uh, led a lot of that race. So uh, credit to them for racing clean uh, in Pocono back in the summer. So um, that was a good, good ending uh, there for that, uh, you know, for that team for Noah Gregson and for uh, Ty Gibbs. And, you know, of course, Gibbs ended up coming back and, you know, he was hanging in there throughout the, the playoffs and then uh, took out his teammate, Brandon Jones, to, uh, you know, make it into the uh, final four. He's already locked in, but, and kicked his teammate out of it uh, and then had the dominant car at Phoenix to go out and win the championship. So, you know, both these guys, uh, figured it out, you know, Ty Gibbs, we knew what he was talent wise, you know, we'd seen it already in 21, uh, and the limited runs that he had. So we knew already that he was going to be pretty good. And of course, you know, you're in a Joe Gibbs car class of the series, uh, for, you know, that team. Uh, so, um, you knew what he was going to be doing. And then Gregson, you know, we seen flashes of his ability at other tracks, but, you know, he, um, hadn't been able to put it all together quite, uh, and this season or this past season, we'd seen him to mature as a driver, figure out, you know, how to put races together and put ones together. And we saw that with the road run through Texas uh, in the Xfinity series. And then, of course, he won Homestead as well and numerous other races, Phoenix and uh, Talladega and, you know, win, winning at Pocono as well. So, uh, you know, he had a, a lot of wins uh, and kind of a breakout year for him. And it's going to be interesting what Gregson's 
going to be able to do in the Cup Series, of course, going to Petty GMS and, of course, uh, has a new owner in Jimmy Johnson. And interestingly enough, you know, there was the rumors back in 2020 when Jimmy was going to retire of who would take over the 48 car. And there were people who were talking about Gregson uh, possibly being a replacement in the Cup Series uh, for Jimmy Johnson. That was the member seeing that rumor flying around on Twitter and I think Reddit. So. Interestingly enough, now Jimmy Johnson is uh, is part or partial car owner in uh, the number 42 and going to be a part-time teammate as well in a yet-to-be-numbered car. So he's going to have a lot of um, you know information to gain from Jimmy Johnson. Also, Eric Jones and uh, his crew chief is going to be following him into the Xfinity Series. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, and we'll see how that plays out. And of course, Ty Gibbs, you know, going to be replacing Kyle Busch and his sponsorship moving with him to uh, the the Cup Series. So Gibbs, um, you know, he's going to be in a good car automatically, and so kind of expect him to you know run pretty well, uh, you know, throughout the year. Um, you know, wasn't as impressive in the Cup Series as what I thought he would be, but he you know wasn't you know, a negative really in the cup series and expect him to be able to in 2023 to, um, I mean, I probably yeah, and it's something that we're going to look at because they're um, two guys that are going to be around for a while and you know, they have uh, no followings. Here, so, good you know, or bad had a really good uh, 22 and, and it know, kind of is talks about the, the future of the sport in general. Um, and speaking of the future of the sport, before we move on to the roundup, a, we look at the health in general of the, of NASCAR series. I mean, when you think about the cup series, they only have chartered teams, maybe a handful of other cars, I guess in the 500 this year, it'll be over 40 cars there. Um, so there will be a, uh, there will be a, some bumping out during the duels, um, more or less, it'll be kind of determined during qualifying for the 500 anyway. They usually only have one spot open for somebody in the duels um, after the qualifying. So, But other than that, a lot of the races are 36 cars, the whole chartered field. And they made the clash into... The clash is now just a cluster. It makes no sense. Everybody gets to show up. I mean, there will be a few eliminations. Famously, last year, Roush... RFK got knocked out uh, before the final. Um, there's more drivers going to be in the final, but that's one thing. I look at the Xfinity series, you look at their top two guys leaving the series and three of their top five guys leaving the series. Who is going to come up and uh, make their name? Can Chandler Smith do that? Will it be Sammy Smith? Will it be John Hunter, et cetera, et cetera? Can Cole Custer, after theoretically getting demoted, um, come back and have a good season and get that elusive championship because he's been in contention in Xfinity to win championships. Uh, but I also look at it, Josh, and how the health of the series is. Um, Toyota's played its way and done its thing to where I think they've priced some of these small teams out, and it, you could see it in the Xfinity series to a lesser extent, but definitely in the truck series. Uh, the truck series is not very healthy. There's a lot of issues there. A lot of drivers that are in this series are there because of money, not because of talent. And there's destruction of equipment because of that. You look at the coverage of the truck series is terrible uh, by Fox Sports. I mean, Vince Welsh was terrible as a lead announcer, but he was a good pit. He was an all right pit reporter. Yeah. And so Vince Welsh is done there. Um, And so it's like they don't even care about covering this sport. 
Uh, that's one thing. Then you look at the way the field is. Doesn't look great. Kyle Busch is to the now after losing the Toyota support had to get a ride buyer to two ride buyers to go and uh, drive for him after having a team that generally was you know talent rich. Uh, so it tells you where his team had to go once he switched over. Had to make the switch to Chevrolet after moving over to RCR. Uh, before I mean the point is there's no identity. I mean, I I look at the Xfinity Series, there is something there. They have a good car, they have a good product generally, and they have pretty solid drivers. JRM is great, Um, they're doing their part, Uh, colleagues doing their part, so Chevrolet is strong with those two teams, and you have RCR with Austin Hill and Sheldon Creed, so Chevy is set. Ford is actually in a better spot than they've been in years in the Xfinity Series with Pre, or, I mean, with Custer back uh, in the series, and then there's some other Fords I think that have been added on. Uh, you know, so there there will be more Fords out there. But the Toyota situation is, eh. you know, I think um, Sam Hunt's team will help in terms of numbers and quality, uh, but it's something we'll have to see with that. But in terms of the the, I think the health of Xfinity is okay. But they definitely could use some changes. I think the truck series, Josh, is where NASCAR and ARCA and some of the, they really need to reevaluate what that series is about um, and and change it to back closer to what it originally was for and what it was for many years um, for it to be viable and last. Because, and I mean, Craftsman coming back is great, but they're not the same Craftsman that sponsored the first time. Craftsman is not. It's a company that's sold in different hardware stores. It's not Sears, whatever, that's running the series. They had all that money. Now it's a different entity, Craftsman. So it's not the same as what it was initially. So I think the health of the series for trucks is really concerning um, if they want it to last long term. But what are your thoughts? I mean, you know, on on some ends, yeah, the series, you know, for and as a whole, you know, not just Xfinity truck, but you know, Cup is healthy, right? But you know, you see more contenders, right? But at the same time, there's a lot of consolidation in other areas, and you know, you see uh, talent moving up, like we talked about with Gibbs. Uh, you talked about with Gregson; they're moving up, um, and then you know, you have people replacing them, like John Hunter and Imichek, uh going to the Xfinity. Finally, uh, Parker Kligerman returning to the Xfinity after a long time being out of it um and there are new teams right being being formed um or you know expanding and and things like that but you know at the same time uh you know there's a lot of drivers or a lot of consolidation you know happening or could be happening um you know it's it's going to be interesting to uh see where the future is and if you know we have some teams you know we have fewer teams, but they're of higher quality versus more teams. But you have a bunch of you know lower quality uh, drivers or uh, you know team members or whatever. Um, but you know right now it's an interesting time in the Xfinity series because um, you know you have guys who will be there for life like Justin Allgaier, uh, but you know you have Josh Berry who is getting more sponsorship, but he might be you know moving to the Cup Series and. You know, a couple of years now, um, and likely 
Brandon Jones, of course, changing teams to Junior Motorsports, um, bringing sponsorship there as well with Menards. Uh, Chandler Smith, of course, going up to the Xfinity Series. So there's going to be a lot of you know talent moving around into the Xfinity Series, but it does look like um, you know it's going to be a, uh, a lot of you know drivers who are going to be new competition in the series so um it should still remain fairly competitive um and it's going to give drivers that stayed in the xfinity series uh you know for 2023 going to give them more challenges and things like that but then you know you like you talk about in trucks uh it starts to get harder and the uh you know the talent pool gets uh thinner there uh you know kyle bush motorsports of course switching uh to you know chevys and and everything uh but you know, they may not run a number 18 car they're you know downsizing to two cars uh potentially and um you know they have a, a third one that they're going to be uh satellite you know running as a satellite team but or with with uh, assistance and everything but um you have a, a lot of a lot of drivers here that um you know aren't really good or you know haven't proven themselves yet uh gms you know they seem to be expanding um they you know of course have a lot of money behind them but you know at the same time um these drivers they haven't proven themselves yet uh or you know they uh are now getting their opportunity um you know with Kyle even with Kyle Busch Motorsports uh you know the drivers he's paired with uh Jack Wood of course ha- um, hasn't really done anything in, in you know the truck series and you know uh has been you know like you've mentioned before not not been a very good talented driver um you know other other teams you know manufacturers you have Thor Sport switching back to Ford from Toyota um, and it seems like every couple of years they make a manufacturer switch and everything, but, uh, you, I mean, as far as Ford goes, it gives them more, you know, more talent to have in the, in the truck series, uh, you know, to use and funnel into the, into NASCAR. But you know, at the same time, it's, you know, somebody that they've been partnered with before and there's not a new team, I guess, in the truck series or, um, a new partner besides them, uh, to, you know, continue to, uh, have a stake in that series and then uh you know toyota of course losing kyle bush motorsports which is basically uh you know who who they were funding in the truck series that's basically you know toyota and the truck series their presence but you still have other uh teams in the truck series run by toyota of course um you know hotori racing there uh they've been fairly competitive in past seasons uh but you know they we don't really know who there's going to drive in the 61 car. The 16 is going to be driven by Tyler Ankrum. Um, but yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what the, you know, Toyota, uh, has. I mean, they still have some, uh, you know, Tricon Motorsports, I guess, uh, Dean Thompson, Corey Heim and other drivers, uh, Tanner Gray. Uh, so that's going to be interesting to see, uh, there. So Toyota is still going to have a presence, but at the same time, uh, you know, they lose a partner like Kyle Busch Motorsports going to the, uh, Chevy. But yeah, I mean, the level of talent in the truck series is not, not that high. Um, and we'll see how the quality of the racing is. It will probably be reflected in that, um, you know, with a lot of crashing, a lot of, um, not going to say dirty driving, but certainly uh, inexperienced driving and things like that. So um, definitely, definitely think the truck series, uh, you know, needs needs a lot of help and certainly shows the financial viability of running in the truck series versus running in the Xfinity series and which one's cheaper, which one's more expensive. So, uh, cause it seems like, you know, there isn't, there isn't really like a lot of benefit financially to running the, the truck series versus running in the Xfinity. But, um, you know, teams, we, you know, have a couple of exclusive teams in the, in the truck series, like KBM, like, uh, 
like uh Thor Sports. So it's gonna be interesting to see how you know where where the growth of the series goes and everything. But um, you know, up as well, you know, having expansion with new team owners and um more former drivers partnering into the series like Jimmy Johnson partnering with Petty GMS. So um there's positivity there, but it seems like a lot of that is at the top and not at the bottom. So it's very seems very top heavy in terms of uh, involvement and money uh i guess and even talent wise so um we'll see how how that holds for the future and you know uh, if they can figure out a way to uh you know invest in the future of the series and you know be able to um you know have a healthy you know financial, financial definitely and we'll be talking for, about it all you know, season all here on season we'll four of the gsp so it's gonna be interesting uh, in terms of all these series with nascar along with all the other motorsport series that we cover and speaking of that, we'll get into the GSP roundup. Dakar Rally is in stage, finished stage four uh, earlier today. Uh, we're doing this on a Wednesday, the 4th. So um, one of the favorites for the motorcycles, uh, the, the bike class was former Dakar Rally winner Ricky Brabeck, the um, lucky man who gets to uh, date Sarah Price. Um, unfortunately wasn't lucky in this race, um, knocked out in stage three, uh, with a bad accident, but it sounds like he's going to be okay. Uh, but he got dinged up a little bit there and had to retire from the race. So unfortunately a former winner of the Dakar rally is already out, um, in terms of the car, um, but there are Americans, uh, there is an American in contention. Skylar House is only 3, 30, 3 minutes, 33 seconds behind uh, the current leader, Daniel Sanders. Um, former winner, Kevin Benavides, is third uh, at 4.05 behind Toby Price and uh, is fifth, 7.17. Um, so those are some of the contenders there in the T3 lightweight prototype class has uh, got three Americans in the top four, Mitch Guthrie leading uh, Austin Jones in third and Seth Quintero in fourth. Now Austin Jones is only 1131 back the next uh, Seth Quintero's nearly uh, nearly an hour behind Jones um, after four stages. So um, Christina Gutierrez, one half of the extreme champions with x44 for lewis hamilton she is fifth in class two hours 29.52 behind uh, the leader there in the car class uh the one that everyone really uh focuses on the t1 the toyota of uh, multi-time dakar rally winner nasr alatia is uh leading by uh 18 18 18 18 minutes 18 seconds over his teammate yazid al-raji uh, the first Audi is seven, I don't know how many times he's won the Dakar Rally, uh, numerous times, both on a motorcycle and in a car. Stefan Petterhansel, uh, the Audi has a, has a hybrid and electric component there. Um, he's 1852 behind. Carlos Sainz, uh, Alatia's biggest rival, driving for Audi, uh, is 4.32, nearly 33 minutes back. Uh, Former uh, winner Janelle De Villiers for Toyota's forty six thirteen back. Uh, Multi time DTM champion Matthias Ekstrom as the third Audi driver fifty minutes, and then Sebastian Loeb 
nine time world rally champion uh driving uh for the uh Bahrain Rally X team is 14th as won a stage but had issues in stage 2 and lost a uh, a whole lot of time he's an hour 3343 back um early in this race so uh we'll uh, give you updates again next week I'll be coming off of I think the off day so we'll have a general idea of where this rally is going to go or Loeb actually won today. Sorry, my 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 apologies there. Uh, moving forward, Rolex 24 at Daytona news. Um, I mean, all these uh, LMDH teams are preparing for their first race. Big talk about trying to get these um, cars to the finish of the Rolex 24. Uh, so much. Uh, talk about if and how the if it's going to be similar to what happened when they introduced the those Daytona prototypes way back when and a GT car one or going back to the world sports cars when in 94 when they got rid of the GTP class uh, 94 they didn't the the GTS Nissan 300ZX won the following year a Kramer Porsche won the uh, Rolex 24, so the, that it took until 1996 until the World Sports Car actually uh, won. So it won't be that extreme, I don't think, but who knows? We'll see what happens with that. However, there has been some news uh, with um, Wayne Taylor racing, uh, making a connection with Andretti Autosport. So eventually that Wayne Taylor racing prototype team will move into the Andretti super complex that they're building. So that'll be a part of it. That'll be a good uh, influx of cash. Michael Andretti is involved in about 8 trillion. I don't know if the only series I don't think he's involved in is NASCAR. Otherwise I think he's in every other freaking series that exists. Well, he wants to be in formula one and Ben Suliam has brought that up. So though we are looking for teams, it's like, well, asshole, you had Michael Andretti and his legendary father saying, we're ready. We got the money and everything. And because of shitty teams like slobber and alpha Tori and, uh, Haas and, uh, I don't know what the other crappy team, Aston Martin, those are the teams that really had issues. I mean, Williams sucks, so that they probably aren't, they don't really want to have them out there either. Um, but there's so much money in Formula One, what the hell difference does it make? If an actual team that wants to be competitive and show up, wants to be there, have them come in. It'll be better for Formula One, honestly, having Andretti out there relative to having some of those teams that we have currently on the grid, in my humble opinion. Um, but yeah, the the, the big uh, news was that uh, tie-up between Wayne Taylor Racing and Andretti Autosport. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood will be driving in the Rolex 24 with the uh, Lexus team again. Of course, he'll be taking over Alexander Rossi's ride at the Andretti Autosport and IndyCar um, and things that'll, uh, for eye candy purposes and also good driving purposes, uh, Sheena Monk and Catherine Legg will be the full-time drivers for Gradient Racing in uh, 2023 for the uh, GTD class. Um, Sheena Monk brings her sponsorship with JG Wentworth uh, to the team. They'll be running an Acura NSX. Uh, so that'll uh, the new uh, 
the new uh, version, the Evo 22 version of the Acura NSX. So that'll be a good combination, someone to watch as the season goes on. Uh, possibly can they go and win the championship? It'll be tough. It's a tough class, but um, they'll definitely get a lot of eyes uh, looking at them for sure. You know, because Sheena Monk's hot. Um, and so we'll uh, see what happens with that closer to the Rolex. We'll definitely be previewing all these teams. We got in that, got over there, got in a Dakar. So now NASCAR news, a lot of news about, you know, engagements and things like that. I mean, after A-Shock Energy is not returning to sponsor Clyde, doesn't really matter. I don't think he's hurting for sponsorship. Uh, Bubba Walsh and uh, Amanda Carter got married on New Year's Eve, so that was um, quite a wedding. Uh, was in was in People magazine and everything. Uh, Kyle and Caitlin Larson uh, uh, went and welcomed their third child, uh, second son Cooper, into the world on New Year's Eve. Uh, Eric Jones uh, engaged to his longtime girlfriend Holly Shelton. Just before Christmas, also Anthony Alfredo got engaged to his girlfriend, Emily Brooks. Uh, they're talking about Ron Devine uh, having to make payments because he tried to uh, uh, put it in bankruptcy con- uh, protection. Uh, he has to pay $31 million. Uh, or, well, it's kind of interesting how bankruptcy works. You see with certain assholes how they get away with everything. Uh, Jordan Anderson racing today. Uh, expand announced their expansion to a two car team. Parker Retzlaff, who who looks like Paperboy or something. I mean, he just looks like if the definition of nerd. But of course, he was a he's a really good sim racer. Uh, he's shown flashes, and he will be in the thirty one car. Uh, they had speed at plate races, didn't really, and road courses. Not much else anywhere, not anywhere else really. But we'll see what he can do as a rookie. Jeb Burton comes in, brings some money, uh, but I assume he'll take over Myatt Snyder's role in crashing every week. Um, Alex LeBay and his girlfriend are are going to be uh, are are expecting a child. We got I mentioned Daniel and Kenzie with uh, their son Rustin. There's a bunch of announcements for Alpha Prime, different drivers getting in there. Uh, you have some guy named Leland Honeyman. You have Ryan Ellis driving six races with the uh, Keen Parts sponsorship. Stefan Parsons is going to run uh, 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 a short schedule, uh, limited schedule for the Alpha Prime. Or Ryan Ellis is well, no, actually Ryan Ellis is going to be running full time with in the 43. So they will have the 43, 44, and 45 uh, this year. Um, Jeffrey Earnhardt will be driving the 44. Um, Alice will be the primary driver of the 43, but there will be other drivers, of course, uh, there. And then in the uh, truck series, Spencer Boyd coming back to Young's. He won one truck race at Talladega a couple years ago. Uh, So that's the extent of NASCAR news for now. Sure, there will be more stuff coming up as we go along. Uh, later into this month and, of course, into February. In uh, Formula E, of course, the season is going to begin next week, so we'll have a little bit of a preview there. All the teams, there's been changes uh, in terms of um, 
in terms of the manufacturers, drivers, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, so that'll be something we'll get into more uh, in more detail next week in uh, episode 151. In Formula One, uh, there's announcements of uh, when teams will uh, debut their new cars for 2023, um, launch dates and all. Alpine is going to launch their car, uh, the A523, on the February 16th. Um, Alpha Tori right now is going to be February 11th, Aston Martin February 13th, and Ferrari February 14th. So that'll um, be uh, that. So we'll get in and see all them cars there in middle of February and what's going on with that and if there's much change in terms of the looks or of the car compared from year to year, even with uh, with all the homologations and the cost cap going on. And then I'm trying to see, is there any other um, news of record? Yeah, wait, set to hit weight targets with their 2020. Yeah, I mentioned the whole Formula One trying to get more new teams. I mentioned the one that really could stand out, uh, but they don't want to do anything about it. The uh, Super Motocross season starts at A1 as per usual. And, uh, you know, the trying to see the, the teams... You got, I mean, it'll be on the, uh, it'll be streamed on Peacock. They will have coverage on the USA network, but not every race will be on TV, at least live. I, every race will be live on the streaming platforms. Uh, this website is, uh, it's, you gotta love it. You gotta love these, uh, these webs, this web, these websites, these people build when they can't even go and make it simple. Um, to find information at all. Uh, I think that's pretty trash. Um, so we'll go to Supercross. We'll try that one. Uh, the riders in the 450 class for this year. Uh, don't want that. Riders in the 450 class for this year uh, will be the ones to look at for the championship, of course, is defending series champion Eli Tomac. And uh, his rivals, you're going to have Chase Sexton, so Eli Tomac on Yamaha, Chase Sexton for Honda, Ken Roxon moves over to Suzuki, Jason Anderson for Kawasaki, and Justin Barsha for Gas Gas. Um, Adam Ciancerulo trying to return from another injury for Kawasaki. Uh, Yamaha will teammates for Eli Tomac will be uh, – Christian Craig coming from the 250s and Dylan Frandis, who's going to go into his second year. Uh, Colt Nichols uh, moves over to Honda HRC after winning the 21 East Championship. Uh, Malcolm Stewart, of course, is the lead dog at Husqvarna. And uh, his teammate, uh, Dean Wilson, one of his two teammates there, former champion, two-time champion Cooper Webb, trying to look for a bounce back on KTM. Uh, with Aaron Plessinger and Marvin Muskan there. So those are some of the names that we'll be discussing. We'll see, can Willie Eli Tomac ride after Supercross? Will he be done? Can Ken Roxon stay healthy and actually run finish a championship? Will Malcolm Stewart finally win a Supercross race and get to that potential? You know, there's, there's a lot of things. Sexton's the number one free agent 
in Supercross. So there's um, a lot of moving parts there. There will be a lot of stuff going on right now. Uh, you're uh, people that to look at in regards to 250s a little bit deeper, and then who's going to go race where. Uh, Max Anstey's riding for KTM, Pierce Brown for Honda or Gas Gas, Justin Cooper on Yamaha, Austin Forkner for Pro Circuit Kawasaki, RJ Hampshire for uh, Oscavarna, Jeremy Martin on a Yamaha, Hunter Lawrence for Honda, Jet Lawrence, his brother, of course, is one of the future. Both of them have tons of potential there. People who watch uh, Cameron McAdoo for Pro Circuit Kawasaki. Michael Moseman on Gas Gas, Suzuki Carson Mumford, Mitchell Oldenburg for Honda, uh, Joe Shimoda, Kawasaki. Um, that's a great name for a Supercross rider. Nate Thrasher. Thrasher. Uh, we'll definitely get into, we'll see who's going to be riding uh, in the um, West for sure. The West teams, so six teams, 12 riders, five teams, 15 riders. Okay. So, yeah, Anderson, Cian Cerula, there's three there. Rockstar, Husqvarna actually will be Christian Craig and, and Malcolm Stewart. Ondo will have Nichols and Sexton. Monster, Energy, Yamaha, Eli Tomac, Dylan Ferrandis. And then the Gas Gas is um, Justin Barsha. Factory 250 class. Uh, Monster Energy Star Racing Yamaha has five riders. Monster Energy Pro Circuit Kawasaki has four. Gas Gas, two. Honda with the Lawrence brothers, Husqvarna too. So that's uh, what we'll see here, and we'll go into it more next week. See who won a one. The uh, and uh, yeah. So with that, uh, Josh, uh, first sim segment of the year. Uh, what are we looking at? I know with the changes of uh, the Indy cars um, not being able to run the IR eighteen and the other. Uh, cars that brought some changes but what else is going on in the world of sim racing yeah i mean i think so i mean for iRacing I mean, you can still race the ir18 but they cannot brand it as the indycar iRacing indycar series so it's still raceable and everything um but yeah i mean it's going to be interesting now with you know not having indianapolis motor speedway on the official schedule but i mean there's still uh room for privately run races and i think that's what the play is this year or at least until they figure something out i mean i remember reading afterwards the iRacing stuff that uh you know with indycar and iRacing that maybe by may they'll have something figured out and the whole you know deal with motorsports games will fall through and they'll just re-up with iRacing or something uh i mean i don't know that's all just speculation uh but that wouldn't be surprising, but, you know, as of now, you know, no Indy 500 on iRacing officially, but um, there are other privately run series that could potentially do something, which I heard uh, this series uh, or this league on online called the Major Series, which they're a um, setup shop. They do a lot of privately run uh, racing on online on iRacing, and um, they have several events uh, this year that they're going to be running online uh you know privately held one of them is the indy 500 which they're going to be calling it the speedway 500 uh to kind of differentiate from uh i racing uh branding and everything like that and the official uh indy you know indy car branding and stuff like that so still be called the speedway 500 and it looks like yes it's the ir18 uh with uh indianapolis motor speedway the um track shape is in the uh poster of the uh, announcement of the race 
So it uh, looks like it'll be that, and it'll be run sometime in April, uh, or late April, early May, so look out for that. Um, they'll also be doing, looks like, something for Daytona uh, at the end of you know February, uh, January, or at the end of uh, January, early February, and Grand Prix of Long Beach, another IndyCar uh, staple race. Uh, looks like they'll be doing something uh, in August for that, even though the real yeah, Long Beach GP is you know traditionally in April. Uh, you know, so that'll be interesting to see that. Um, so that might be the play. Uh, that seems like a very competitive series, and of course provided setups, and they were one of the setups that I used when I did my iRacing Indy 500 that I won. I used a setup from that setup shop, so that might be the play there. Um, as far as just regular IR race or iRacing this week, and you know potentially next week, uh, pulling up the schedule and of events this week. Uh, got I'm trying to pull up the schedule right now. It's still loading. Uh, iRacing uh, series right now. Uh, upcoming races and the road racing. Well, let's go with oval first. Start off with that. I'm pulling it up on my phone schedule here. Um, the Open Wheel C, uh, which is the official name now for the uh, IndyCar uh, series on iRacing, um, the International, uh, yeah, Watkins Glen International uh, Race uh, Racetrack. They are running at uh, the old, yeah, the boot uh, layout. Uh, they'll be running. Um, that race uh this week uh that racetrack so should be interesting running uh that car uh on on the uh classic layout of uh Watkins Glen so that should be interesting with i racing um let's see here uh later on in the i think yeah later on in the year trying to you know pull up the schedule for that series schedule so Watkins Glen right now uh in the past you have or the week after you have uh, Phoenix Raceway, the old Phoenix Raceway, and then Homestead, uh, Atlanta, New Hampshire, Michigan, Twin Ring, Motegi, Pocono, and then Kentucky Oval. So a lot of these tracks, uh, or all these tracks, are race race tracks that IndyCar has raced on uh, in the past. Uh, so, but so it's still oval tracks that they've raced on, uh, but are not currently on the schedule. So. Should be interesting on all these tracks uh, for iRacing uh, Oval Series on IndyCar. Um, so that'll, that'll be interesting there. Um, the Legends Series, uh, the 87 cars. Let me pull that one up. Uh, got, uh, let's see, where's the, trying to trying to pull up the thing here for this. Uh, oh, yeah, the, yeah, trying to look at it. Uh, trying to get the schedule. Bear with me here. Well, I'll pull up the Cup Series schedule as well. It looks like Cup Series is going to be at, uh, Michigan, the old Michigan, uh, before the repave. So that might be interesting. A lot of tire, uh, tire wear there. Um, pull up the, you know, we reorganize this. Got that fixed series apply, uh, C class or no, not looking at this. Yeah. The legend series 2023, uh, season also going to be racing at Michigan international speedway on the, uh, old layout, uh, or old, uh, pavement so that should be good race always always a good one for tire management um got to really preserve the tires because you run too hard you know use up the right front uh you know at the end of the fuel run and um gonna be a lot of off throttle time and probably there are no cautions maybe potentially a, a fuel uh strategy um taking place so that could be interesting there as well um and then 
Xfinity is going to be at Chicagoland this week, so uh, should be interesting uh, there. And yeah, trying to look at the Truck Series. Truck Series will be at Hickory Motor Speedway in uh, the Fixed Series and Open Series for uh, iRacing on the Truck Series. Uh, that should be interesting. Looking at the road side now, uh, let's take a look there. Uh, road Class, yeah, Class B, Class D here. Uh, the Open Wheel Class D, so I guess that's the USF 2000 cars will be at Road Atlanta. You've got LMP2s uh, at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Uh, those cars, uh, you've got the Delara P217, so should be an interesting one there uh, on the Indianapolis Motor Speedway road course. You've got, uh, let's see, Touring Car Racing Challenge, uh, Daytona Road Course, of course, 15-minute uh, schedule or race uh, time, so uh, that includes the Honda Civic uh, Type R, which I have, uh, Formula yeah, Formula D, uh, the Rick Motec IR04. Oh, that's the uh, that's the iRacing exclusive Formula car that they've made uh, racing at Param- Mount uh, Panoramas uh, Bathurst. Uh, so that should be interesting. Uh, Ferrari GT3 uh, racing at the new uh, French um, Mag- Magni Cores racing there, uh, the old French GP layout. Uh, that should be interesting. Um, GT4 at uh, Daytona International Speedway Road Course. That should be interesting as well. Uh, you've got the Porsche Cup also running at Magni Cores. Uh, LMP, yeah, I mentioned the LMP2 at Indianapolis. Uh, USF 2000 at Road America or Road Atlanta. Uh, you've got Virginia or VIR uh, in the Cadillacs and uh, Kia Optima. That should be interesting. Um, so, yeah, it's going to be yeah good good set of uh, tracks to run, good set of series to uh, choices to run for start off the year on iRacing on the official yeah, they're side. Racing, and probably they're racing the with, Honda Civic TCR, yeah, which Ryan Eversley series, and I know is a the, Honda uh, driver, the, but they're racing it uh, uh, on Thursday night the 5th series, which I signed up for at Eldora Speedway. So that'll be interesting. That'll be fun. how I can get in there and try to run on that. Yeah. Honda TCR on a on a dirt track. Yeah, <laughs> running running a, a yeah. Honda, we can see if you get Honda in on that. And how yeah. you do? Uh, they 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 take it <laughs> seriously like on uh, the dinner with racers. <laughs> but uh, it would be uh, cool uh, for sure. I'm laughing at that. that. So but, um, try to join that one. Yeah, come back next week. Whatever. Yeah. 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 I mean, yeah. Don't do anything intentional, right? Like, don't wreck intentional wrecking, but I mean, and they're not going to be very, you know, not going to be very strict on, you know, contact and anything like that, obviously. And it's a dirt track. So, um, there will be a lot of, should be a lot of fun if, you know, whoever is able to join it can get in. So that should be interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, that's going to be interesting this year on iRacing, you know, with everything we're able to do. Um, otherwise, and of course, still have the official events outside of the Indy 500. Um, you know, still got the iRacing Daytona 500 and, um, you know, I, I don't know if I'm actually going to do the iRacing 24 hours because of, of Daytona, because I have plans the weekend. I think that they are scheduling it for, so I'll probably be out of the house for that, but I think they are doing their own version of the, uh, the roar before the 24. So, uh, I think I'll, I might do something like that. I think they call it the iRacing 2.4 hours of Daytona. So I might try to do that if, uh, it's on the schedule. Um, maybe, maybe do some more oval special events like the Coke 600, uh, maybe the, uh, you know, other sports car stuff that's on there. I think 
they are doing 12 hours of Sebring or something like that. Uh, I don't know if I'll do 24 hours of Nurburgring or so, anything like that, but, you know, Sebring maybe uh, that might fit into the schedule. Um, you know, maybe some other uh, dirt races or, you know, they're expanding into Formula One content. So I might try to do that. You know, they have the uh, W13 on there now. They had the W12 from uh, 21. Now they think, you know, they just uploaded the uh, W13 from Mercedes. So that should be interesting running on that. Um, so it'd be a lot of, of course, a lot of content sim racing wise, of course, uh, throughout the year uh, and try to, you know, try to participate in it, you know, when I can um, and, you know, when, you know, when I'm able to, of course, and hopefully be able to do that as often as I can. So something, you know, of course, I enjoy and everything. So, um, of course, you know, you can watch my racing on, you know, iRacing. You can watch that on Twitch TV slash Sailor 2 and, you know, go on my streams and see that. Of course, watch the Indy 500 clip that I have from last year. Um, you know, hardly it was already last year, but, um, you know, still uh, best achievement on sim racing and everything and see that achievement there. Um, on my Twitch profile and watch that. And of course, still have my other streams up. Uh, the Connor Daily stream, which Phil made his appearance on there because uh, I was broadcasting all my sound out and everything. But you know, get to hear Phil commentate as I watch or as I, I try to race with the likes of Connor Daly and Tony Kanan and other people uh, in IndyCar uh, who were on his uh, race uh, stream and everything the day that they announced that the Indy 500 iRacing was no more. Um, and of course, uh, all my other content, 87 cars in at Talladega and uh, otherwise. So go watch on there. Um, and of course, brings us to the conclusion of the you know tonight's show and everything. Of course, follow me Twitch as uh, TV slash Sailor Two as I already mentioned. Follow Twitter JP Huffine. Uh, of course, follow YouTube page Gripster Podcast on there. Subscribe. Uh, watch videos. You know, listen to it, uh, like the uh, videos, comment on it. So go on there, watch our stuff, and you know, interact and everything. And of course, um, yeah, uh, should be a good year of racing. Should be a good year of uh, football and uh, or what's left of the football and everything. And uh, looking forward to you know, concluding the uh, NFL season and all that stuff. And um, you know, having a lot of racing to look out for this year. And um, you know, should be interesting across all all the series. And you know, excited to you know be able to talk about it. You know, later on, a couple weeks. Absolutely, so like back. Forward, uh, we so, we're gonna uh, keep this going here as we've done for three years. We're gonna so, do it season yeah. four and for as long First as one of the year. This thing's gonna me, go. We're so, gonna keep uh, on going. You, uh, uh, episode you know, one fifty uh, is uh, basically complete here. You can find me on at Philip G Matthew on Twitter. I'm looking at Mastodon or some other uh, entity uh, to probably move our my handle and then also the Grip Strip Pod handle. Um, possibly we'll, we'll see about that, but in the works, uh, we've of course debuted the new logo and branding. So I'm going to try to work that into some other, uh, aspects, maybe into, um, other promotional pieces there. You can find us at Gripture podcast, of course, on YouTube, uh, post the shows on during the week there a few days after we record, uh, you'll find, uh, our show, the, the, sound just the audio uh podbean uh, you can find it there or anywhere you can get podcasts and at philipgmatthew.com uh, we will be back with episode 151 of the gripture podcast next week uh talk about nfl talk about the uh who's in the uh, the uh, there are gonna be plenty in terms of the nfl to be honest uh 
I went and closed the list un- unintentionally. Uh, who's in the playoffs? Will it be Jacksonville? Will um, the nine? Who will the Niners be playing? Um, the matchups. Black Monday. We'll know who what coaches got fired and who may be in play for those jobs. We'll maybe we'll see if there's a resolution in terms of fantasy football. Uh, I've seen some ideas that might be palatable. We'll see about that and um, maybe get into some of the guys that'll be uh, uh, top players to look at in the NFL draft because those draft positions will be set. A good amount of them will be. Uh, We'll determine a series to recap because I'm trying to, I think I'm waiting on the Rolex, uh, maybe do him prior to the Rolex, but that's a couple, two, three weeks away anyway. Um, the roundup will have uh, Supercross A1, Dakar Rally. We'll preview the Chili Bowl next week. We'll also talk season preview for Formula E and um, other key stories. And Josh, of course, with the Sim segment, thanks as always, brother. I'm glad that we're able to do this together um, and continue to do this uh, now that we've done for four years. <laughs> now we're on our fourth year. It's crazy. 150 episodes, year four. It's something. So uh, with that, uh, that's it for me. Uh, We will be back next week. Thank you for listening, subscribing, following, um, and let other people know about the GSP. Might get some bowling content in there if I figure out how to throw a bowling ball properly. Uh, It hasn't really happened much this season. Uh, But I did win the pot last week in our our league, so that was good. Uh, But not much more. That has happened this year, but we'll see if that turns around here. 2023 is a new year, working on a whole lot of things. Uh, For Josh, I'm Phil. Take care. God bless. Goodbye.